so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hello and welcome back to the Marseille View. So my name's Stefan, so I'm your host tonight and we're going to record our post-match breakdown of tonight's game against Galatasaray in the Europa League. So um, quite rarely we're, we're able to record straight after the match. So our, our thoughts and feelings and anger is probably pretty fresh right now. Um, so joining me tonight to do that is just, well, just got one other one other person with me so Kerry how are you Kerry? Hiya um, obviously I'm absolutely furious it's such a gutless performance from everyone really um, Gutless from the now... rest of the Marseille View team as well bearing on us <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Yeah <laughs> But um, yeah I mean what's that now one win in 19 Europa League games, it's, eh, sorry, European games, not Europa League games. It's just not acceptable for a club or size. And I don't know, it's unexplainable really how they can't get up for these games time and time and time again. Yeah, so yeah. expect a pretty miserable episode tonight then. I think we've got a lot to moan about. So, But, you know, sometimes it's <laughs> it's like group therapy, isn't it? So maybe, maybe we'll, we'll enjoy it a bit. Um, so yeah, so what we'll do is we'll... We'll talk about the Galatasaray games, which will probably be quite a short episode because it's just the two of us um, and not a lot of positive things to say, um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. But we will um, touch briefly as well upon um, what was supposed to be last weekend's fixture against Leon and, and, and what happened with that. Um, so I think maybe to start off, we'll just... Yeah, we'll cover the Leon game briefly. So originally we were hoping to podcast after the Leon game, but it, it didn't really happen. So um, I'm sure you were all watching. It was kind of first game back from the international break. I was quite excited about it myself personally, um, just because I'm not a fan of the international break and you kind of always miss a win. And this was a you know obviously a derby game, but unfortunately the game got got um, suspended. I think it was only like one and a half minutes into the match um, because of uh, missiles being thrown from the Lyon fans to Dimitri Payet and uh, when he was um, taking a corner and one of them hit him, didn't it? Was it taking a corner or throwing? I, I think it was a corner. And one of them hit him and uh, yeah, the game got stopped. Um, and we waited, I think, about just about two hours um, while this kind of whole sort of pantomime was at play about whether or not the game is going to restart or whose responsibility it was to restart the game. So lots of kind of rumours floating around Twitter and stuff about what was happening. Um, and yeah, and real sort of lack of certainty like but, um, from the, the the TV coverage. But yeah, so in the end it was, it, it was suspended. Um, 
And yeah, I'm not. I'm not. We're not sure where, what's going to happen yet. We're still waiting on a decision. Um, so that the, the league, we understand the league to review the the incident and make a decision about what will happen going forward. But yeah, have you got any thoughts on the Leon game? I mean, again, another brainless idiot has brought a game to a halt. What is that now? The well, it's the fourth game that's been halted for similar things, but the second game involving us that's been suspended. I think. Is that right? Um, um, and now, it's obviously a seriously injured player. I presume that's why... I didn't catch why Pai wasn't playing tonight, but I presume that it was because of this. Um, and, I mean, then you've got the Aulas afterwards doing his whole doddery routine and, like, blaming... So the, the league's to blame, the ref's to blame, the prefecture's to blame. Like, it, it's just the same old cycle over and over again that the league never deal with appropriately and never plan ahead for. Like, I know when Paris came to the velodrome, there was, like, attempts to have netting around. I know it didn't work, but there was um, shields and things like that. And then there's, there doesn't seem to be anything in place when we go anywhere and in other games as well. And it's just so inconsistent. Like, um, it's, it's, it's damaging the reputation of the league, that's for sure. But they don't seem to want to do anything about it. Yeah, absolutely. It does, it does feel a bit like we're just going to games with like um, little, little targets on our back, isn't it? Um, yeah, the players don't seem to be protected at all, and clearly, um, you can tell that we're a very um, disliked club <laughs> in France because <laughs> the opposing team's fans like just seem to get most riled up whenever they play us. Um, yeah, it's pretty bad, and yeah, I completely agree. Like the reputation for the league, is, this isn't good at all. Um, it's all unfortunately like the league already has n- not a very good reputation, um, certainly in the UK, but I think you know across the world to some degree. And I mean, a lot of that I think is really unfair, um, and kind of it goes far. Say a lot of it's a little bit fueled by a bit of prejudice. I, I feel like, but um, but this isn't good because it it kind of um, it looks really unprofessional, which also feeds it into some of the narratives that are out there already that this is a kind of amateurish league. Um, uh, you know, you often, you often kind of he, he, sort of hear comments like that and and see them online about the kind of the. So, yeah, the lack of quality in the league and, and stuff. So so yeah, I think it's not it's not good for its um its public image that this keeps happening. Um yeah, it's um it's quite strange, but I didn't I didn't quite expect it. I think we kinda of thought maybe at the start of the season, yeah, that there was a risk because of the fact that people had been cooped up indoors for so long and people might go a bit mad as we've seen over the last sort of year and a half anyway, not outside of football as well, you know. Um everyone is gone a bit mad but it's yeah I never thought it was going to be such a disaster and that the league would um, manage the situation so badly it's just got worse so yeah it seems like more of this to come yeah it's not even just the league though we also had this problem with Galatasaray fans in the Velo and again tonight um, the play was halted a bit for I think it was a corner again for us and um, was later I went over and was pleading with the Galatasaray fans again so it's kind of just been the same atmosphere so they had a minute's worth or whatever at Leon, and now this it's filtered through into this game as well and it's, it's just like what's going on what is this target you know and I agree about your comments about the league like it's always the 
like the nonsensical farmers league comment and things like that and it's just you're right it just doesn't doesn't help at all does it I agree. Um, yeah, so just before we move on to then cover the Galatasaray game, what do you think will happen? Like, what do you think will be the outcome um, with the Lyon game? Uh, and, and I guess what do, what, what, what do you want as the outcome? What do you think is the best result for, for Marseille here? To be honest with you, I think it'll be another debacle like um, the Nice game. I, I think because it's pretty much down to one perpetrator, I think they'll get some kind of stadium ban. Um, as and I th- But I think, again, they'll resist. Um, because, again, Marseille haven't gone back out to play, which there's a question mark on whether they should have again. So they'll be they'll probably try and replay it, I would imagine. And Aulas, obviously, will have a big sway on whatever the outcome is. So... It's hard to predict with the league, it really is. I would like the, to just have the three points, but I suspect it'll be another replay and another stadium ban for Lyon. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it might, it might not actually be so... So um, I, I feel like it might be quite favourable to Marseille this time, because I think the, the, the referee said, um, apparently said that he didn't want to continue the game. Um, so I, I think that might... Um, well, I think that might be quite good for Marseille in terms of their like refusal to to come back out as the referees seem to support that it, that it wasn't a good idea to continue the game initially. But um, we'll see. There's a lot of politics going on behind this, so and Olas is quite a, a powerful player in French football. Um, so yeah, I'm, I don't know, but I think um, I think it will probably get replayed. To be honest, I don't think we'll get the three points. I feel like that. I don't know. I mean, if it was like ten minutes left, you know, then yeah. But this, um, sorry, um, what am I talking about? Um, yeah, if there was ten minutes left, maybe he'd scrap the result. But like the fact that they're playing the game, I just feel like they would just want to replay it. Um, I personally would prefer the game to be replayed. Actually, I know most people I've seen um, seem to want to take the three points, but for me, like you know, after international break I'm looking forward to this game this big game OM Leon games you know always pretty exciting even if we've not got a great record I want to see the football and I guess like if I'm not getting to see the games then that's I kind of think well what's the point especially the games like this that are, that are supposed to be the ones that you you know you you get most excited about so yeah I'd prefer just to see the game replayed but I think it's probably going to have to be replayed behind um, you know closed doors in a neutral venue which I guess does kind of suck some of the the life out of it but still yeah I think I'd rather see it um, plus I'd rather I'd rather win you know win games get you know get points from winning rather than being awarded because other teams fans are, are, are out of control you know it just feels a bit you know if it was PSG, I would take three points because I know we wouldn't win the game. But I feel like maybe with this one, um, yeah, uh, let's play it. Maybe maybe we can beat them. You know? Yeah, to be honest though, like after see, obviously this, this is not like a causation. But if we played anything like we did tonight, it's probably been a blessing in disguise because that would have been a bloodbath. <laughs> let's be honest, it would have been a lot more than it was. True, true. Yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't disagree with you there. Okay, so yeah, let's um, move on then to Galatasaray. So uh, we went into this game knowing that we had to win this game to really, um, and also hope that Lazio 
um, failed um, to win to to win their game. So we'd really kind of like gone into these last two games of the Europa League and think we have to win both games and hope that's you kind of drop points. Um, and this was always going to be a tough game because Galatasaray, you know, at home, travelling to Istanbul was never an easy place to play. And yeah, I mean, we really, really failed tonight. Um, we really didn't show up um, and we were battered. I mean, 4-2 maybe doesn't sound so bad because, you know, when you think it's only a two-goal a two goal lead, but we we were battered at times. We were all over the place. There it was a it was a bad performance. So this um, result puts us out of Europe. Um, I don't know what's what are your thoughts in this game. Um, were you expecting this, or were you were you kind of thinking we were going to see OM finally sort of take off in Europe tonight? Honestly, I think. Which well, and I expected to win. We could have won, and we should have won against the back against even the context of where Galatasaray are now. So, realistically, Galatasaray are eighth in a poorer league than the French division. They've been struggling. Um, not only that, like their last game, I think was it was it Saturday, they played a derby against Fenerbahce, a ten-man Fenerbahce, and got beat at home. They should have been demoralised. It, it should have been there for the take. And I also don't buy into the whole atmosphere thing. You've got a very similar atmosphere at times in the velodrome as you have in the likes of um, Besiktas, um, Galatasaray, Fenerbahce Stadium. So these players are used to playing in this kind of intensity and this kind of atmosphere. So I, I, for, for this, I, like, I, just, I just don't accept it and... Um, I think it makes it even worse given the backdrop of how Galatasaray are actually struggling. Um, yeah, I'm still so annoyed. Sorry. No, no, not at all. Uh, I'm, I'm the same. It was I. I hadn't really done my research to be honest before the game on how Galatasaray were doing, uh, except I, I knew that they weren't. Uh, yeah, they, they, they weren't top the league. I think it's Trabzon on sport, isn't it? Actually, but or the last time I checked, anyway. Um, the but yeah. I mean, this yeah, isn't. On our top, yeah. yeah, this isn't like as you said. It's not a great Galatasaray team, but um, I did think it was going to be a tough game. But do you know, I always maybe do I? Yeah, I, I, I kind of felt a bit positive earlier on today, thinking you know that maybe we would get a good a good game of football. I don't know. Maybe I just sort of convinced myself, but I, yeah, I wasn't expecting it as bad as that. Actually, um, it's just kind of from like. Top to bottom, you know, like going from the goalkeeper to attack, it was really poor. <laughs> I just, I, I've got some. I'm trying to figure out what's gone wrong, but I'm, I'm starting to feel that feel a bit frustrated with um, the coach actually and the kind of setup that he he puts out. I just feel like it didn't seem like the right kind of like. I know that there was uh, some issues with players missing, not having Payet, for example, your key player, but it just didn't seem like... Uh, when I saw the lineup, I just thought, this, that lineup's going to struggle in that, in that shape. You know, there's there seemed to be a real lack of width in the team. Um, but uh, aside from like the kind of tactical setup as well, I, I just felt that so many of the players were really, really below, below par today. You know, so many wayward passes, constantly losing the ball, you know, taking too long on the ball. It was just a really, really disjointed performance. It really felt like a team that were low in confidence, I think. It felt like they didn't really have the belief 
that they, they could sort of take today's game by the scruff of the neck. But maybe as well you've got to give Galatasaray credit because they did play pretty well. Maybe maybe they just made it too difficult for them. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no problem, yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with what you were saying anyway. Like, Gunduzi was very, very sloppy in comparison to what he usually is. We had Lerola doing some long-range pot shots. But as for Sampaoli... Um, Galatasaray have two fullbacks that are suspect defensively. Yedlin is one of the poorest um, fullbacks defensively I've ever come across. And why we went with the system that we did? So Papke, Camera, Granduzzi, and um, sorry, I forgot it was on the other side for me. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Jason. That- no. Jason, oh, sorry, he was that. He was so anonymous that I, I, I don't know what he offers for the price tag that he is. I just don't know what he offers. He, he, until Milik scored, him and Milik, he would have been forgiven for not noticing that they were on the pitch. But um, the physicality of those two, they should have been able. I know they're not wingers, and it was it was so painfully obvious from the get go that, that wingers were needed to exploit that and. Well, had Gay, who was so support. I'm, I'm not that keen on him anyway, but um, he should have been physically dominating in and around Yedlin, who was like five foot six or something, and um, yeah, I was just so disjointed um, from everybody. But the midfield, it just didn't make sense how he set it up anyway. I don't know. Maybe he's kind of chopped and changed the formation and the and the players so much this season. I just don't feel like. Well, I don't often. I, I never know what to expect. Um, who he's going to put out and what kind of way we're going to play. Um, and I, I kind of feel like maybe the players are a bit confused as well. I, I, I get the sense that they just don't really know what what's expected of them anymore. Um, yeah, it just feels like a team that. And actually, I mean, maybe I'm going too far because we haven't seen them a lot recently, right? Um, so maybe I'm forgetting what was before. But I kind of felt like tonight it looked like a team that just were not um were no longer following the instructions of their coach you know they just looked like they they sort of kind of sort of lost their way a bit and I do I think it'll be interesting to see how the next few games go if that continues because if it does then I think it's maybe it's clear that he's lost it and you know sometimes you can just you can just see it's going it's, it's falling apart um I don't know and I, I was thinking actually tonight as well that even, you know, in, in Liga, we've we've been pretty disappointing recently. Um, we started off the season well, but we've been pretty disappointing. I think that I like our high league position. Because I don't want to catastrophise it. I realise that, you know, we are, if we win the game in hand, we're like joint second, um, which is great. But I do think that our performances have been really poor. And I think that it's a bit similar to the, the Villas Boas season, the first one, in that the our high league position is kind kind of masks our like frailties. It masks the fact that we're we're actually not that great, and it's re- probably largely down to the the um the lack of kind of consistency from other teams in the league. I think there's so many other teams in the league that have been so disappointing, and we we've just kind of managed to sort of. You know, float by into that and in, into a high position as a result, but uh, we're certainly we don't seem like the second or what a team that should be considered the second best team 
for example, in, in the league. Um, and when you play in Europe, you can really see that, you know, we are very deficient in many ways. We, are, we, we aren't, we don't, we don't have the quality, you know. Um, it's, it's just very apparent to see. So, yeah, so anyway, I'm going to sort of get a miserable um, thing there. But, yeah, I don't know. I just felt really disjointed. Defence tonight was so poor as well, individually and collectively. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of um, a number of the players like, in that in that back line. So I, I, I do complain about Luan Perez constantly offline. I just, I really don't have a lot of faith in him, and I think, um, I don't think he's good enough to be honest. And I think Chiletta Sar as well. Like you know, he's he's a good player, but I, I, again, I, I'm I'm just not sure he's he's. Um, He's good enough either. Well, he's not like in his current sort of form. So yeah, just I think we were really exposed. Um, really, really exposed. Struggled with Galatasaray's movement, their energy. Um, yeah, and we just just did. We had gaping holes all over. So it was just, I don't know. I, I there's so many things that were were so poor tonight, but certainly like one of the poorest performances I've seen from Marseille in a long time, I believe. Yeah, I mean, like, for what you said about not following Sampaoli's instruction, I think it's quite telling. I think there were six or seven yellow cards basically born of people not really knowing what they were doing. They were all pretty stupid fouls, stupid petty fouls. Feels like that kind of um, mentality's back again, like, with um, just brainless fouls and and stuff like that. I mean... Um, as, as for Perez, I mean, I think he actually hit the post at one point and that was his only contribution. I, I mean, if you look up in the lead-up to their first goal, um, Saliba's positioning was suspect. Camera was asleep. Um, Chalet saw was just not at the races. Um, positionally, he was all over the place as well. And then it felt like we had the... Well, for me, because I'm not a fan of Paolo Lopez. It felt like we had Roma's Paulo Lopez back. Like he should have been standing up for that. That he should have done so much better for the first goal. Um, and I mean, I mean, the second goal for Chelsea was um, was unfortunate, obviously because it deflected. But also, if you look at his positioning, he was in kind of in no man's land to for that that unlucky thing to happen. And um, I don't know, I think he's been poor since he rejected like every club in the UK, personally. Um, yeah, no. Absolutely. Um, okay, so we could probably do, um, just maybe do look at some of the individual performances then um, and, and do some tops and flops. So, because we kind of like going in that direction anyway. I think. Um, I mean, it's easy to pick flops, isn't it? <laughs> All of them. Um, yeah, yeah, so is it, Luan Perez, <laughs> for me, is definitely one of the flops. I mean, he was, I think the second goal, wasn't it? He was the one that was caught out. Um, and the third one, I believe, as well, if I remember. He, yeah. He, um, yeah. Um, and yeah, just losing the ball a lot throughout the game. I know he's like actually quite good on the ball for a defender, but, you know, he's not... For me, he's like not good enough on the ball to be like a left back, but he's not good enough at defending to be a central defender. So it's kind of like, what do you do with someone like that? Um, but yeah, he 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 had a particularly poor game. I thought. Um, 
I mean, lots of it, like players like Kamara, I think he had a, a, a really poor game, you know, obviously his error led to the first goal, but I've seen him lose the ball a number of times in that match and just really look unable to kind of impose himself in the midfield. And I think he was captain tonight as well, which is, I mean, I know he's a young player, but and maybe like the responsibility is just kind of got to him, but he, um, yeah, he, he just didn't step up tonight and he looked kind of overwhelmed at times. Um, it doesn't help when you've got you know guys like Gerson and Gay who are not playing well next to you and are just standing around like robots. Um, but yeah, he was another poor, poor performance. As you said, Gerson was like non-existent. Um, Milik, I agree. I didn't. I, I, on the first half, I completely forgot he was playing. Um, and then I think it was something like the 35th minute I, I kind of popped up on my screen I was like oh he's playing I forgot um, so yeah a lot of flops even Lopez like he nearly had a a bit of a nightmare at one point when he came out in the second half didn't he um, and uh, yeah he was kind of missed the ball yeah he just totally rushed off his line yeah <laughs> that's the Roma Lopez yeah um yeah, so he's. I'm not a big, massive fan of him either, but I, I, he's been, you know, he's actually been okay in recent games, but he wasn't great tonight. So yeah, it was just kind of disappointing performances all round. So I, I, I think lots of flops. Um, but for me, for tops, I mean, obviously, Dieng was lively. Um, he's got a good movement, and he, you know, he gets chances as a result. Uh, I mean, there was one where. Was it? Uh, yeah, there was one I think where like it was offside, but Lidola just picked out this like superb pass, um, and you know he's just really good for making those runs, and and he had a really good, a number of really good chances. Um, finishing though lets him down sometimes, and and, and as we were talking before the call, um, first touch as well. But I do think he's like he's lively. He's got, you know, a good good. Good awareness, good vision. He knows he knows when to move and when make space. So there's like a lot of potential in there. And like when you see, like the others are all kind of like heads down. He just clearly just play. You know, like he wasn't giving up. So it's kind of quite promising. Like just thinking for a young young player, just seeing that his his mentality seemed a bit better than the other guys on the pitch. So I'll give him the, the top. You know, if anyone, he looked like the guy that was more, most capable of scoring in the game, even if. Milik got two goals and 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 Dieng didn't, but yeah, um, he was my top Dieng. What about you? Sorry, um, for the flops, obviously it was like you could have picked out of a lucky bag, really. But um, I expect Perez to be bad, if I'm totally honest, and I expect Jason to be anonymous. So, um, for me, I am I would actually pick Saliba, um. If you're getting ghosted past by a 35-year-old, well, sorry, he's not 35, but he will be soon, Ryan Barbell. And he was constantly, positionally all over the place. He was keep getting caught on the ball by taking it too far forward when it just wasn't the game for that. And obviously we expect more of him. It, it was a toss-up between him and Camera for me. Camera was... Um, just doesn't look like he wants to be there. He, he gave the ball away for, I think, the second. And just complaining all of the time. Was, yeah, I thought he was dreadful. Um, and as for the tops, I would agree Dieng. I mean, he was unlucky. It was a great save from Muslera to tip that onto the bar. Could have maybe been a bit of hope. 
Um, and the only other positive contribution was Della Puente came on and the game was crying now for somebody to attack around Yedlin. And when he did, what ended up with more like more threatening basically but um yeah and but yeah Dieng's first touch is uh is a little bit suspect <laughs> I'm afraid but yeah that that's about it I think not not a good night for individual performances then um I mean you could actually just put Sam Pali as a flop as well I, I as I said I, and like I'm I'm starting to lose patience with him and I I I seen from Twitter as well, I think a lot of people are as well, just starting to get a bit disappointed. Um but yeah, he was he was off tonight as well. Um okay, so should we do some takeaways then from the game? Like kinda what yeah, do you wanna go first? Like what's your kind of takeaways? What 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 um... To be honest with you, I think something I think this is probably controversial because obviously in terms of calibre he's probably the best striker we'll have but I think Milik needs to be dropped I think since he's came back from his knee injury he's a complete shadow of his former self um, he's not really a threat he's ghosted through games um, and it makes I, I think he nullifies our attack if anything and it sounds strange to say about somebody that's scored two goals but that was a bad, bad performance. And he even nearly screwed the pen up. Um, as for Sam Pauli, um, something needs to change, whether he actually sticks with something. I don't think we can keep tinkering around. And Yeah, it's, it's hard to say, really, because it was such a low bar that probably won't translate to the league. But I also kind of think a performance like this has been due from some of other games we've played where we haven't played well and kind of got away with it. So hopefully this is like a, a um, turning point in terms of like something needs to happen sharpish, you know. Um, yeah, I kind of agree to be honest with all that, but I'll try and pick something else. Um, take away... Again, I'm going to bash the coach here, and I'm going to say I think something needs to change. I, I, I think he's going to have to sort of rethink his approach. Um, may, and maybe this is about changing the, the, the some of the players, and and maybe start thinking about giving some other people more of a chance. Because I feel like some players have kind of fallen out of favour. You know, we've seen, um, guys like, Luis Enrique, who's not. Not been good this season anyway, but like they're not really when they get he's getting chances, getting like you know very little minutes to really or, or, or like not a kind of consistent run, and the same kind of for Conrad as well. So I think maybe like bring a left winger back in that might be a good idea and stop playing Lirola um, on the right wing or a left wing, you know, and under like kind of I think we kind of need maybe a bit more of a sort of balance shape so. It might be a case of sort of changing things and sort of bringing in some players that are kind of out in the wilderness just to uh, and try and come up. Um, I guess put something out there that's a bit more conventional because I think the the sort of radical um, lineup that he picks it's just not really working. Um, I just you just see so many kind of gaps in certain parts of the pitch. The left side really seems like a weakness for us um, yeah and I, I think 
I think it just isn't working, and and I think the central center mids as well, mm-hmm. well some of the midfielders are are cent center mids, but are kind of like playing all over the place, and I'm not sure it's getting the best out of everyone. Um, so yeah, I think we need to sort of rethink um, the whole approach because um, I I believe as well that teams are starting and will do more so as the season progresses, start to kind of figure out how to play against us. Um, we always struggle um, often when teams realise that they can exploit the, the, the amount of um, space that we have in our back line um, so especially when team, you know when teams sit deep and, and they, they just, just pick us apart the counter attack stuff and we really struggle so um, we're not a very compact unit defensively so yeah I think he's going to have to just change it a bit and come up with something a bit more more conventional. I think he can do it as well because you know stuff I'd read about him um, when he was uh, coaching in Brazil and stuff. He was picking quite. He was playing with like a four three three and stuff mainly. Uh, um, his his last club. So I think that he can do that. Um, I don't think he always needs to have like you know this kind of weird three. What is it? Three two four one formation or or three 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 one or whatever. Which just kind of just it seems like an upside down formation, um, so I think he can be normal and not be such a, a crazy bastard all the time, um, but it's whether or not he's that he's too stubborn right now to in the mid season to kind of change his ways. I don't know. I don't know enough about him and his like sort of personality, but I think he's gonna have to sort of uh, just kind of take sort of stock of what's going on and, and realise it think recognise that things aren't working so well right now. Um we're just not really getting any rhythm, you know, in our in our performances. So even though like we might be picking up points here and there, um we're not we're not on a con- we've not had a consistent run of wins for a long time. Um, it's just kind of very up and down, draw, draw win, defeat, draw, draw, you know. So so yeah, sometimes you know you've just got to make the changes early before it gets turns into a bit of a crisis. And I mean, with Europe, I mean you could say this is a bit of a crisis to crash out of Europe um, at this stage. But uh, I think that we're always like these days anyway. We're, we're you know we're a club that are kind of our main goal each season is just trying to get in Europe. So I think we can probably just move on from the result tonight and kind of just. Use it as a, a um a reason to just to put more focus on on our on our well it's all we can do but on the league um and make sure we get that right so sometimes it can be a blessing to get back Europe anyway um so yeah that's my takeaway is just I think it's time for San Pauli to kind of make some changes um yeah because otherwise the pressure will, will, will start piling on them um okay so uh, what else can we do tonight I think we're pretty much at the end, I'll just look ahead at our next fixture, which is Trois uh, on on Sunday. So we're at home, and and Trois are what are they in the table? So they're sitting in yeah seventeenth. So they they're not having a particularly uh, strong season. I mean, they're not a particularly strong team anyway. Uh, have you got any thoughts in the game? The game ahead. Do you think we can come away with three points on Sunday? What are your predictions? Well, I think we're the kind of team that are perfect for a team that are struggling to play. Obviously, they'll be well, they'll be well up for it as well. 
So I think it's really, really key that we win that to stop this rot. But again, it's going to be, it's not that straightforward with us. It could be a tricky fixture, you know. Um, and Sam Pauli does need to change something, as you were touching on before. I think when he first came, was every game was a slightly different formation, so he definitely is capable of it. I think he's over-reliance on favourites like Juan Perez, who possibly shouldn't even be in the squad, but that's a different matter. Um, some in, That over-reliance that needs a fresh change-up. Um, and like you say, bringing people back, especially I think it's time. Uh, De La Fuente had a, a run in the team again, to be honest. Um, but yeah. What about score for the tie game? Any guesses? Yeah, maybe like maybe two one, something scrappy. I'd imagine. I think they will score. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I was looking at the the results. So they they lost last week against Saint Etienne, who, who aren't the best of teams this season, uh, who have struggled, and, and then they lost. Um, before the international break, four nothing to Lance. So they're not particularly on a great run. Um, you know they're kind of just floating above the relegation zone anyway. I, I mean I haven't really watched them like other than the highlights um, on BT. So obviously I, I don't go out my way to watch Trois games, but um, I'm not. I don't believe that they're a particularly great side. So I think it's a you know it's really a game that we should be picking up three points. But we are as as you said we're kind of right for. For shit teams right now, we're we're low on confidence and we're a bit all over the place. So, yeah, we could struggle, but do I, I mean, we only just got past Clum and Foot, really, didn't we? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was a yeah. We're game. not exactly a team that steamrollers lower teams. Um, it's just it's just not what we're all really at the moment. Yeah, and like how surprising is it that even games like you know the Clermont game, you know, ends one nothing and it's a really dull game. Um, we, when we first sort of um, brought in Sampali last year or earlier in the year, um, and we were seeing these kind of like high-scoring games and games with lots of drama going back and forth, and that's kind of what we all expected. And we're not really seeing the kind of five fours and the four threes, but we you know we just outscore the opposition because we're shit defensively maybe, but we're just so good going forward. It's really not what it's like at all, is it? We don't really play with that kind of. Um, Excitement and um, how do you say like momentum uh, and the attacking with momentum that we yeah. kind of all thought it's were really like flat. Well, it's really shocking. It's more Rudy Garcia yeah. than Marcel Bielsa, basically. It's bizarre. Absolutely, but. yeah. And if you, even if you look at the Mets game, I think Jemison was sent off on like the fiftieth minute, and Mets probably should have had a chance to win the game in the end. And um, had a similar amount of shots to us, I think, at the time. Like, that wasn't good enough. So, yeah, I worry about these type of fixtures. That should be absolutely winnable, you know. Okay, well, I'm going to pick 2 1 anyway to Marseille, although that requires us scoring two goals, which seems hard to to imagine. Um, But yeah, I'll pick 2 1 just to kind of be a safe bet. Um, Just before we finish up, um, maybe just to add an extra wee quick item in that might just be a bit more cheery for us. Um, everyone knows that I love a transfer rumour um, and there's been quite a lot starting to kind of occur now because 
uh, we're getting closer to the, the window. So just a couple, I guess, I thought I'd mention. So one of them is that um, there's sort of kind of reports that we might be interested in um, or trying to to make a permanent deal for William Saliba. Um, do you think that there is any chance whatsoever that that can happen? Um, I wouldn't say it's beyond the realms, realms of possibility. Obviously, Arsenal have spent a lot of money on... Was it wide? Um, yeah, I think it is a possibility, I think, but I think it's probably going to cost a lot and it, a lot will be um, down to Saliba's willingness because I think ultimately his end goal will be impressing for Arsenal, but I'm not as big a fan as a lot of people. I think he's he's, he's capable. If he has a bad game, the team's having a bad game. Um it's happened a couple of times now, but um, I, I do think it's possible. But in terms of the finance involved, I'm not so sure. Um, I think Arsenal would be asking a lot as well. So, yeah, jury's out on that one. Yeah, yeah, OK. Um, I, I think I think there is a chance as well, actually. And I think, as you said, it depends on the players as well. I get the impression from comments he's made and stuff. Things I've read that it sounds like he wants to stay where he is. I'm I'm not so sure that if he is that keen on going straight back to Arsenal right now, if he's not going to be um, a first choice player. Um, but we'll see. You know, um, it really it all depends on what Arsenal want as well. But if the player um, is insistent that they don't want to come back, then anything's possible. You know, um, even if um, Arsenal wanted to keep him, if he doesn't want to go, then that makes it much more difficult and kind of pointless as well. So you never know. Some when that when that happens, sometimes the solution has to be found. So I'm I'm kind of hopeful that it might be possible. I do like him, but yeah, I recognise he's he's far from the finished article, and there's a lot of hype about him. Um, it's kind of funny how like you read so many. Um, comments from Arsenal fans on Twitter or like on YouTube and all that they talk about him as if he's like fucking the messy of defenders and, and they probably haven't really watched him that much and whilst he is a very good young defender for, for me um, I, I think that clearly there's it's just hype you know and for, for a lot of people and it's not based on actually watching him yeah they've, they've, it, yeah, yeah, they've basically watched the PSG clips where he was really, exactly, really excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if you're having these clips like doing my tackles on Mbappe, then you're probably going to get noticed and people are going to get carried away. It's just the nature of it. And for what it's worth, actually, I think he's been tried pretty poorly by Arsenal um, as well. That that could well be a factor. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then also I read as well today, I think it was today, um, that Kamara, so it looks like he's not going to sign a new contract, and that Milan are looking favourites to sign him. Are, are you kind of giving up hope on that one? And it's sort of sad to see him leave if he does go. Um, to be honest, the, the past few times we've seen him, he looks like he's someone that's not here anyway, and it's disappointing that he's not gonna. I, I think the writing was on the wall for honouring that signing a short term deal thing. Like he was pretending to be insulted by the club trying to sell him to either Wolves or Newcastle um, and as if it was derisory or whatever. And I think that was just a good excuse for him to not sign the new contract so he could engineer the move that he wanted. I mean, it's very sad that yet again we've got another young, excellent player that is going to go for pennies or potentially nothing. Um, it just seems to be we're really poor in that end. But... Um, 
to be honest, these performances have been subpar. Like, if your head's not here, then you have to go. That's the reality. Um, and it doesn't feel to me like years like tonight, all the complaining when you lost the ball and stuff and body language was poor. And I just think, nah. I don't think I'd be too sad now. If he had asked us that a few months ago, I would have been really sad. So, yeah, I think something's changed on that end. Yeah, I, I agree. You don't, it doesn't, he's not exactly playing like someone who, who seems settled and, and and seems where he wants to be. Um, disappointing, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I really like Kamara, so I'll be pretty gutted. Um, but, yeah, same as you. It's just shocking that we'll lose another um, academy prospect for nothing or next to nothing and that just seems to be the Marseille way I was thinking about it the other day you know they play every time we produce a player through the academy which is not very often really in the, if they've got to if they're meant to have any talent they seem to go for nothing you know Lopez went for one million euros um, you know you, you go like Lahaji and Kunku a couple of years ago were supposedly big prospects went for nothing didn't sign professional contracts Kamara could leave for nothing, you know, years ago we saw Benatia, um, I think he left for nothing, I believe, um, Flamini, you know, it's just, it's never, I think the only one that ever like, left for a decent fee was Nasri, and that's just shocking, what, Ayu is another player that was, uh, um, I, th- I think he was an academy player, wasn't he, um, but, um, yeah, if, if not, he came through, he, he definitely came through the kind of, the later years of the you set up, but um, yeah, it just seems to be the, the way we don't seem to be able to um, make any money back from the players that we produce when they are good. Anyway, no right, so I think, yep. <laughs> so I think with that, then um, there was one more I wanted to ask about very quickly, um, just to end it off, and it was just like kind of probably not a very um, Realistic rumour and it was about Julian Alvarez, sort of kind of young Argentinian forward from River Plate. Um, I don't know if you know it about him. Um, I know. love and, the kid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know you like your South American that, football, that don't is, you? Yeah, I, I follow River closely, and that kid is the real deal. I think he'll probably end up at the likes of um, Real Madrid or something, though. He's he's a special talent, um, and I I would kill to have him at Marty. Um and obviously we're not very good, but we tend to take a lot of flops from that end. Um, but um, if we could sign someone like him, I'd be over the moon. He's, he is, he's the real deal, for sure. No two ways about it. Yeah. Um, well, as unrealistic as it is, it's always kind of fun to have those rumours anyway, just get you kind of a bit excited for two minutes, you know. Um, so. Yeah, yeah I, that would be that would be severely exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting giddy just thinking about it to be honest um, yeah cool yeah, well special I, I mean, talent. that's good to hear I haven't really, I've just seen I watched some YouTube videos of him but obviously I haven't seen him so that's good to hear that you, you rate him um, okay so I think we'll end it at that then um, on a slightly more positive note um, managed to save the podcast from complete doom um, so yeah um, we'll yeah I don't know try and get another episode out in the next few weeks as well Um and yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks very much, Kaylee, for, for, for joining us. And yeah, speak to you next time. Very welcome. Okay, take care.